You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, well, that's normally him. But today, I want to welcome in my buddy Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC just to talk about the State of the Union right now. Boy, saying the Union when uh, we're talking about the Southeastern Conference probably isn't the right thing to do, but that's what I'm going to do anyway. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Good, Luke. We're, we're Texas and Oklahoma part of the Union? I, I, guess, I guess they are now. So uh, welcome to the SEC. Yeah, welcome to the SEC. Your job just got a lot tougher, didn't it? I mean, you just got a lot busier, at least. <laughs> yeah, the good news is I, I know a lot of uh, Longhorn grads and fans, and, and I know a few Sooner fans, but, uh, man, this is going to be weird. This is really going to take some getting used to, and I think, you know, now that it's all the, the T's have been crossed and the I's have been dotted, we're all kind of waiting for when will this happen. And the crazy part is the more and more people I talk to, they think that this is a reality for 2022. So this very well could be the last season of 14 teams in the SEC and the very last season of the Big 12 football you know, conference as we know it. So crazy times. We're going to enjoy it. But, uh, man, crazy times are coming ahead. Yeah, and I think 2022 is definitely going to happen. Look, you can't, you can't say to your wife, Hey, look, I'm I'm gonna divorce you, and I'm gonna do it in four years. That's just not gonna work. I mean, it, there's too much uh, consternation. I mean, it's just not a a good thing to do. And um, I think it's it's gonna behoove everybody to just get this over with. I mean, like you know, rip the bandaid off if you're the Big Twelve and try and figure out what's to do. I know Bob Boldsby is uh you know he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore but unfortunately he has no choice but to take it and he's just going to have to deal because college football is going to continue forward with or without him right yeah it's it's going to be crazy i mean look this is now time for the lawyers to get involved and everybody to go through the legalese of buyouts and how much how many millions do we have to pay you and whatever the thing that stands out to me though luke that's crazy is we were all kind of in the dark on this, right? Like we found out uh, about two weeks ago at SEC Media Days, but when we found out, you know, all the people in the know had known about this for some time. You know, it goes back about a year ago that Texas and Oklahoma had reached out to the SEC about possibly joining. And, you know, when they, when they get together last week, the SEC presidents and, and Board of Regents and all that, they vote on this 14 14-0. You know all these discussions were already hashed out behind closed doors and all that kind of stuff. This wasn't like just put on their table and, hey, let's all vote on this because, you know, what do we do as fans? We all start saying, well, what about this? What about this? Well, it seems like behind closed doors, all the uh, SEC teams uh, or schools, they, they hashed all this out behind closed doors already and figured it out. And, you know, it's amazing that they got even Texas A&M on board with this because if you told me that, about a month ago, that Texas A&M would sign off on Texas joining the joining the SEC, I would have said you're crazy. So, yeah, it seems like everybody that needed to know about this has known about it for some time and signed off on it. And man, it's just going to take some getting used to. But Texas A&M is kind of in the same posture as Bob Bowlesby, I think. I mean, it, okay, you can be the the one nay vote if you want to, and it'd be four, thirteen one, and then you look petty as hell. Um, you can do that, but really, 
in the end, if it's about money and it and it is, I mean, I understand you have to swallow some pride here. And if I'm AM, I'm a little bit, you know, miffed maybe that I wasn't involved in this quite as much. And I'm a little PO'd that my arch nemesis, that my not just my big brother, my bullying big brother is coming into a situation where I sort of got away from him, got away from the family, did my own thing. I've established myself. And now here he comes acting like he runs the place again. I get all that. But, you know, you are about to make a bunch more money because of this. There is some very serious positivity to this for you. You're going to bring back an incredible rivalry, um, which is going to help brand awareness for you. There's a lot of positives for A&M here. So I think in the end, you have to say, okay, I, I just got to let this happen, right? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, we hear from Ross Bjork, the athletic director at SEC Media Days. He said, well, we pride ourselves on being the lone school in Texas in the SEC. And then about two days later, he issues a statement and says, we look forward to expanding the conference. <laughs> like, man, how, how did they get to him? You know, I mean, did they come to him and say, look, we're going to give you $25 million. They said, no, nah, it's not enough. All right, $30 million. Okay, deal. I mean, there's, there's so much money involved here for all the schools that, you know, it, they kept going up, up, and up with the offer that it makes you say yes. Like there's no, you know, there's going to be no no's from anybody on this. But the the crazy part to me, though, Luke, is, and look, Alabama's had their fair share of dominance in the conference for the last decade. But the the thing is, when you expand a conference, there has to be bad teams, right? Like somebody's got to be bad. We know Vanderbilt's going to be bad. We know they're going to finish with, you know, probably the worst record this year in the SEC. My question, though, is you had two big brands like Oklahoma and Texas and they're presumably very good, who's going to take a step back now? I mean, does Arkansas live in the cellar for the next four, five, ten years? Does, you know, does Auburn kind of dwindle down there? Like, we know Alabama, we know LSU, we know Florida, we know Georgia. I guess maybe we slide Texas A&M in that group because they've been very good as of late, you know, win nine games last year. But, like, who's going to be bad? Is Ole Miss going to never get over six wins? Is Mississippi State going to live down there? I mean, that's what's crazy to me about the SEC is you, you expand it and you add two monster brands like this, somebody has to lose. Somebody has to be bad. And unfortunately, it seems like some of the, the older SEC members are going to be the ones to suffer from this. Yeah, I don't. first of all, I think Vanderbilt is like, look, guys, y'all just continue to beat our brains in. We're going to cash <laughs> these checks and win baseball national championships when we can. I think – and women's bowling. That's, and they're like, if, if y'all are cool with us bringing that to the table, we'll take this deal. That's number one. Number two, you're right. But here's the other thing. This is all a part of the professionalization of college athletics. So what's, what I think is about to happen is, while you're correct, um, it's going to be harder for Ole Misses and Mississippi States to, to get over the hump. Um, I think nine and three is about to be the equivalent of a 2009, uh, 11 and one, because people are going to say, okay, man, you know, when you play Texas, Oklahoma, LSU, Bama, A&M, Georgia, and LSU and Florida on your schedule, and couple it with one good non-conference game. And then just the proverbial upset nine and three is a damn good number. And it'll probably get you in the playoffs. And if we do have these bloated playoffs, then yeah, that nine people will start taking nine and three. So I think that um, it won't be like we'll see a lot of undefeated teams or one loss teams. I think we're going to see a lot more two to four loss teams, and and they still get in the playoffs. 
It's a good point, and, and I guess that's the ultimate goal is to get as many teams in the playoff as possible. But I just look at it as, man, what's your goal? Your first and foremost goal every year is to win your conference. Well, Texas A&M has been in the SEC for nearly a decade now, and they've never won the conference. They haven't even won the West. So, you know, it's going to be mighty hard for Texas and Oklahoma to come in here and do that, especially with Alabama being as dominant as they are. And we'll see how they restructure the conferences. We can get into that. I, I think it's easiest just to slide Alabama and Auburn to the east, but uh, we'll see if they do the whole pod thing and all that kind of thing. But, like, if, if the expectation is, like, right now, playing in the Big 12 every year, it's basically been Oklahoma winning the Big 12 every year. Texas has a shot. But basically, Texas, all you got to do is beat Oklahoma. You win the Big 12, and boom, you're a conference champion, and you're going to the playoff. Now, I mean, I don't think Texas is going to be winning the SEC anytime soon. Maybe Oklahoma has a chance to put up a fight against Alabama, Georgia, Florida, whoever. But, man, it is going to be – it's like I guess we're just going to – you know what I mean? Like that winning a conference, I guess, just won't matter anymore because, you know, if we're not prioritizing that, we're going to prioritize more – hey, let's just get to the playoff. It doesn't matter if you hang an SEC banner. Hey, Chris, that's the that's been my complaint about college basketball forever. Winning the regular season uh, in your conference means squat. It literally means right. nothing. And <laughs> and I, that's why college basketball's regular season kind of sucks. The, the only thing that matters is the conference uh, tournament, which is really a money grab and pretty bunk because it allows teams with really bad records to have a shot to go play for a national championship. And then the uh, NCAA tournament, which has 68 teams, which is probably 38 teams too many. That's, that's always more argument, but that's neither here nor there. Chris, let me tell everybody about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is where you want to go to get all the parts your car will ever need. You know the jingle. You can't get it out of your head. I can't. I'm all the time. I'm thinking all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. And I'm just telling you, it's the best. It, it sticks with you. And the reason it's the best is because they're the best. You can get all the parts your car will ever need, literally. And you can get them at rock bottom prices. This is a family-run business. Uh, been around for 30-plus years. Go check them out, rockauto.com. Get your parts there and then take them to your local mechanic or do the work yourself, and you're going to save a ton of money. I mean, like hundreds of dollars. And in these troubling times, hundreds of dollars can go a long way. They can especially go a long way if you want to use them at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag, save all your money at Rock Auto, then head over to betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on, get a 50% welcome bonus. All of a sudden, you make a couple of good bets. You've made your money back. You paid for those auto parts, and you're making money. It's just win-win all the way around. When you go to betonline.ag, you can uh, bet on Major League Baseball. You can bet on football futures. You can bet on Heisman futures. You can bet on basketball futures. You can bet on reality TV. And if that's not enough, you want to play some poker, get your poker on at betonline.ag or play blackjack or roulette, any of those things. It's a very cool site, easy to navigate, easy to pay in, even easier to get paid at betonline.ag. Go give them a shot. All right, Chris, um, SEC Media Days uh, is long gone now. Was there anything that shocked you uh, out of Media Days? Was there anybody, you know, any snub from the all-SEC teams preseason? And is it just me or is it so incredibly dumb to have three preseason all-SEC teams? <laughs> it does seem like a bit much, right? Um, you know, yeah, look, it, it's it's so hard to do these teams because here's the thing. Bryce Young has never started a game in the SEC. 
we think he's going to be good. We project he's going to be good. I mean, the history tells us the, the Alabama quarterback, the last few have been really good. But it's just so funny. Like, how do we, how do we name him a preseason all-SEC quarterback for something we think he's going to do, but we haven't seen any of it yet? You know, it's easy to, to judge Matt Corral and JT Daniels with what they did last year and, say, and put them up there. But it's just so, it's so hard. I mean, we're, it's a guessing game, and, that, and that's kind of what it is. I think, you know, a lot of people are, are betting on Tank Bigsby at Auburn that he's going to have a monster year. It's easy to say John Mechie's going to have a big year at receiver. But we don't know until this thing plays out. There could be, you know, the number three guy at Alabama could blow up this year and average 100 yards a game. So um, we'll see what happens. It's just, it, you're right. It, three teams is a bit much. The, the kind of thing that stood out to me was a lot of people wanted to talk about the quarterback rankings and, you know, the, the topic came, came who's the best quarterback in the SEC this year. And, you know, I kind of posed it as, what do you like? Do you like fantasy stats? Because Matt Corral is going to be one that's going to put up a lot. Uh, whoever wins the Mike Leach job, whether it's Will Rogers or a uh, kid from Southern Miss, we'll see, you know, could be one of them uh, to lead the conference. But I said, if you want to win games, JT Daniels has not won a, lost a game yet since he took over as starter at Georgia. So, um, you know, look, it, it's all about what you like, but I, I think JT Daniels is going to be the biggest difference maker in the conference this year. I think Georgia's got a great chance, even if they lose to Clemson in the opener, which, you know, right now Vegas is saying that uh, – that Clemson is the odds-on favorite still. But even if Georgia loses that game, they could still run the table, get to Atlanta, and, you know, we, we presume it's going to be an Alabama-Georgia SEC championship again, like we've seen a couple times in the past already. So, um, in my mind, if there's one guy that I think can really change the outcome of the SEC this year, it, it, it is JT Daniels. But the only thing, and I'm glad I'm talking with you about this, Luke, because I just keep posing this question to people, and Alabama fans might get angry at this, but – I keep saying every year Saban, everything he touches turns to gold. Every year, everything works out for him. He has a whole new turnover staff of offensive coaches, defensive coaches, all new five-star talent steps in. He seems to hit gold every year. What happens if one year it doesn't? And what if this year Bill O'Brien and Nick Saban butt heads? And Bill O'Brien, the offense he brings in from the NFL, doesn't work. What if Bryce Young doesn't hit the ground running from, from the, you know, the, the opening game against Miami. What happens that one year where everything doesn't work out for Nick Saban? I'm not saying it's going to. I'm just saying what if that happens this year? You know, how do they react? How do they adapt? And, look, Alabama could come out, stub their toe, let's say play a terrible game. They lose on a, on a field goal to Miami. They could still turn things around and run the table from there. All I'm saying is, Alabama seems to never have to face adversity. I'm just wondering, is this a year where maybe they face a little bit of adversity out of the gates? Well, I can tell you from an Alabama perspective, which is going to be littered with Texas Longhorn-sized arrogance, um, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) that uh, You're right from the outsider's perspective. From the Alabama perspective, I, I would spin it this way and say, Boy, you you think we don't face adversity? Every single game, people are like, is this the game Alabama's going to lose? Is this the game Alabama's going to lose? Is this the time they're going to lose to an unranked opponent? They hadn't done it in 100 games, which is like, I mean, it's blown the old record away by 20-something games. I mean, it's insanity the way Alabama has defeated teams that are unranked. Um, 
Is this the game where somebody, you know, Alabama uh, is susceptible to the mobile quarterback? All you got to do is look at somebody like Johnny Menzel or, or Cam yep. Newton and 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 see that uh, guys like, or Deshaun Watson. Yeah, all three of those dudes, two of them won the Heisman, one of them should have, and two of them won national championships. And Johnny Manziel was a generational talent. All three of them were generational talents. They all set all kind of records. So the dudes Alabama loses to are generally – they play out of their minds. I mean, go back to even Steven Garcia in 2010. He played like a Heisman finalist that particular day. And that was a situation where Alabama you – know, sort of like eventually the, the – um, the Washington Generals are going to beat the Globetrotters, right? I mean, they're they're due, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of how that went down. And well, so, yeah, any given moment, doesn't Derek King fit that mold a little bit of the mobile quarterback? He does, and that does make some sense. However, I would counter that with while Alabama's inexperience on offense is glaring. Uh, Bryce Young has thrown a total of twenty-two passes. And considering his NIL deals, he's making about $22,000 per pass attempt or maybe $100,000 per pass attempt. Um, you know, that that is yells inexperience. The what rod receiver core, they're loaded with five and four, high four-star guys, but only John Mechie is proven. Um, the running backs, we're bringing back Brian Robinson, and that's wonderful, except for the fact that I've, I've never really seen a burst out of him. And, yes, there's some five-stars. Right in the backfield that that do have the burst, but they're inexperienced. The offensive line is very nice. It's certainly not the best offensive line that Alabama's had. Uh, the tight end, you know, I think we're pretty good at tight end for the most part. So the offense just is just screaming inexperience. But you know what? The defense has Will Anderson, and Will Anderson is a <laughs> freakazoid among freakazoids. And um, yeah. I think he's going to be SEC player of the year on defense. And I think the defense is going to carry Alabama for a little bit. And here's the other thing. While De'Aaron King is a problem, I think he's a very good player. Um, he is coming off an injury. And then Alabama has another game and then you know against somebody, uh, whatever. And then they played Florida. And Florida is going to be uh, – yeah, they're, they're coming off an SEC East championship, and they've got a good coach, and I like what they're doing down there. But they, if you think Alabama lost some firepower, how about losing Kyle Trask and Kadarius Toney and um, yeah. Kyle Pitts, I mean, the best tight end we may have ever seen in this conference. So, yeah, the, I think Alabama's schedule, though it looks daunting on paper, you can also say, okay, it sets up pretty well for them to get their feet under them. Yeah, and I will say I think Emory Jones has a chance to be that dual-threat quarterback too. I know, you know, when Dan Mullen is at his best with his offense, he's got a quarterback who can do both. And we saw it from Tebow. We saw it a little bit from Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. And I think, you know, Kyle Trask rarely ever left the pocket. I think we're going to see more balance from Emory Jones this year, running the football and throwing it. So, you know, maybe may give Alabama some fits in week three if they don't figure things out. The only thing I will I'll say about this, because I'm sure – I probably angered a lot of people and uh, set some people on on panic attacks uh, today. But um, I covered Bill O'Brien for years with the Houston Texans, and he came from New England. His he, he was known for being a hothead. His nickname was Teapot. There was video of him losing his cool, screaming at Tom freaking Brady on the sidelines because Brady and he weren't on the same page. Bill O'Brien knows what he's in for at, at Alabama. He's on the Bill O'Brien or, or the Nick Saban school of reformation that, of course, so many guys like Steve Sarkeesian have come through, Butch Jones, and they've done they, – they kept their mouth shut, Lane Kiffin, 
and, and did what they had to do to get out of there and get their next big gig. And that's what Bill O'Brien's trying to do. I just wonder, is there going to be a time, is there going to be a moment where the offense doesn't move, Nick Saban loses his, you know, crap like he normally does, screaming at Bill O'Brien, does something click in Bill O'Brien's brain where he loses it and screams back at Nick Saban? And what happens then? I'm real curious to see how that plays out. If Bill O'Brien knows what's best for him, he keeps his mouth shut all year, calls the plays, and does what he needs to do, leads Alabama to an undefeated season, another national championship, and he'll be off, off on the next boat out of town to be a head coach somewhere. But that's a really interesting one to watch because I know Bill O'Brien is very prideful, and he loses his temper from time to time. Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, if Bill O'Brien were to have a shouting match uh, with Nick Saban in Bryant-Denny, Bill O'Brien would also then have to fight 102,000 other people <laughs> who would be standing in line to beat his ass. I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. Uh, number two, um, I too think Demry Jones is a dual threat quarterback. He can run left or right. I have not seen him throw a forward pass yet. So I, I'm, I don't know if he's a dual threat in the traditional sense. We'll have to see. Um, let's go ahead and take a break, Chris. When we come back, I uh, just want to get a few predictions from you. All right, Chris, uh, prediction time for you. Were you at SEC Media Days? Yeah, I was there all week. We got some great interviews. Uh, if you missed it, you can catch them on Locked on SEC. Of course, we talk all things SEC. Got an interview with John Mechie, uh, really, really cool young guy, and expected big things out of him this year for Alabama. And, uh, man, they just seem to go one after the other after the other from Jalen Waddell to Devontae Smith to John Betchie. It's just like, man, next man up and uh, fully expect him to be a stud this year. Yeah, I like Mechie a lot too. I don't know if he's dynamic, as dynamic as some of these other guys like a Judy or a Ruggs or a, obviously Devontae Smith or Waddell, but um, he might be a little more solid. Uh, boy, it's kind of hard to be more solid than Devontae Smith. I don't, I don't know. I think Mechie, if, again, if Alabama fans were ranking those five receivers, I think unanimously Mechie would be number five. Prove me wrong, John, because I love you. And being fifth on that list, there's no shame in that. Um, you know, it's like saying, hey, I dated the fifth best-looking playmate of the year. Oh, well, that's that's still pretty good, you know. Um, but, Chris, so what are your predictions for the year? I mean, is this just Alabama, Georgia, or, I mean, do you see an upset somewhere in here? Yeah, I mean, the, the easy way to go is the chalk is, is, is Alabama, Georgia. But a few things that I think could, could really change the tide this year. Number one, um, in the East, like I mentioned, Florida, if Emory Jones can run that Dan Mullen offense to a T, I think the, one of the biggest mistakes Dan Mullen made was bringing Todd, keeping Todd Grantham around. I thought he should have made a change at defensive coordinator. We saw how bad things got down the stretch last year, and especially in the bowl game. I know they had opt-outs, but, man, you shouldn't let Oklahoma just steamroll you like, you like they did. I thought he should have made a change. He didn't. So now it's on Todd Grantham to earn his paycheck and prove that the Florida defense can get back to what it once was. They're bringing back some good playmakers on defense. I think Florida has a chance in that game against Georgia. If they're able to win that, as we know, that one counts for two. You win the, you win the head-to-head, boom, Florida's in the driver's seat in the East. I think Kentucky is an interesting team to watch just because uh, we know that Mark Stoops every year has got a really good defense. He's going to have a good one again this year, Kentucky, but this year they're going to have a good offense. they got a good run game with Chris Rodriguez. They brought in Liam Cohen from the NFL, who's going to be their new offensive coordinator. And what's Kentucky's biggest problem in the last few years? Not being able to throw the football. 
they're going to throw the football around this year. Um, you know, does that make them more balanced? And maybe it puts them in games like the Georgia and the Florida games. And what do they do? If they're able to win either of those, Kentucky can be a problem in the East. So that's how the East shapes up. I'm putting Georgia's the chalk, but I'm saying Florida and Kentucky don't count them out. They could play spoiler at some point. In the West, of course, it's Alabama. I think, and yes, admittedly, I'm an LSU grad, but I, I call it like I see it. I'm fair. They were, LSU's defense was god-awful last year. They've made changes. They got a new coaching staff in there, and a lot of the players they have back, it wasn't for lack of talent. LSU had talent. We know Derek Stingley is a great corner. He looked like crap last year because of the scheme they were running. So they're going to turn things around. I think LSU has a chance to win all their games minus in the game in Tuscaloosa just because nobody wins in Tuscaloosa. It took – Joe Burrow and an all-world offense, a Heisman Trophy winner, number one draft pick, and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase for LSU to even eke out that game and still won by less than a touchdown. So uh, LSU does not win in Tuscaloosa this year, but I think they got a chance to win all their other games, including the season finale against A&M, which, by the way, the Aggies have not beaten LSU in Tiger Stadium since they've joined the conference. That said, to me, the game that you've got to circle on your schedule is Alabama at A&M. Uh, I think it's week six. That is the game that I think A&M, they've heard all these rumblings about, hey, you were 9-1 and last year. You just missed the playoff. Man, you guys are real close, but no cigar. That's the game that Jimbo is going to put all of his resources into. That, I've been at Kyle Field for a couple of those Alabama games in the years past. They get loud. That stadium is going to be as loud as it's ever been this year. It's going to be packed to the brim. And if Bryce Young makes any mistakes in that game – those Aggie fans are going to let them hear it. I just caution everybody on that game. If A&M is able to find a way to beat Alabama in that game, man, it really puts them in the driver's seat to win the West, and it allows them to lose a game along the way. Let's say they lose the LSU game. It won't matter because they still have the head-to-head with Alabama. So I'm not calling for the upset. I'm just saying that's the game to me to watch in the West. But outside of that, I mean, Bama's going to roll with the rest of their game. So there's really – it, like if, When I look at Alabama's schedule, it's a one-game schedule. It is that game at Kyle Field playing the Aggies. And, again, the Aggies have to – you know, they're in the same boat. They've got to find a new quarterback as well. It sounds like it's going to be Haynes King, and he's, not, he's never seen a defense like he's going to see that night from Alabama. So, again, don't get me wrong. I think Alabama is the favorite to run the table and, and win every game. I just think if they slip up, that's one game that, could, that they could slip up at, and it would be a monster slip-up because it would mean that Texas A&M would be in the driver's seat to win the SEC West. Yeah, I've already got my tickets and my travel plans for that game. I've never been to Kyle Field before, so I'm excited. Uh, that one should be a lot of fun. Night game on CBS, it looks like, and uh, that one's going to be a blast. Chris, you're the best, man. You do a great job with Locked on SEC. Tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, the easiest way is to search Locked on SEC wherever you get your podcasts or go to LockedOnSEC.com. We call it like we see it tell you all the uh, things that we expect from the SEC football season this year, what to expect with Oklahoma and Texas joining the conference, and, of course, some special guests going to join us throughout the season as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a long season. Great to have fans back in the stands, and great to have all the uh, SEC traditions that we missed, like, of course, the, uh, the Alabama band coming back. Nothing like it. And, and congrats on your making, what, the top 100 podcasts on Apple? That's, that's a big deal, man. Yeah, a lot of people were, we were doing all, you know, Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC last week. And I guess all the Aggie, or rather all the Longhorns and, uh, and Sooner fans out there wanted to come check us out and see what we're all about. They're all getting jealous. They, they see all the success 
that we've had in the SEC for years, and now they're all they're all jealous and wanting to hop on the bandwagon. So, uh, yeah, we will welcome them to the SEC accordingly in the coming weeks to months. All right, buddy. Thanks so much for joining the program, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Thanks, Luke.